Stirring the Pot with Drip Kitchen. All right, we finally made this happen. I'm so Hi, happy. Elle. We have no Kim. Okay, should we wait? No, she's not coming. Who's going to be funny then? Right? No one. Because Kiton? Kim. Where's Kiton? She, uh, she's with her cat at the vet. Oh, speaking of Kiton. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Is, is the cat okay or no? Yeah, she's getting spayed. Bye, bitch. Well, that's a really good opportune time for that. Yeah. I think she's going to try to hop on um, as soon as she gets back, but apparently the vet's two hours from her house. She has to switch to Pennsylvania. Vets. is more remote than New Hampshire. I was going to say, I was like, did she move to, like, the Hills Have Eyes, Pennsylvania? She did, yeah. She, um, she moved kind of, like, an hour from uh, the Evergreen track, and that was pretty out there. Yeah. It's, it, I Googled it, and I was like, all right. My car shifted on the trailer on those hills. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sketch <laughs> City. Oh. All right, Jess, what do you got for us? Batenda. Oh, uh, Woodford Reserve. Oh. She's fucking classy. <laughs> Are there rules to this podcast? No, none whatsoever. Good. I don't like rules. All right, so I want to know all of the dirty details of this last weekend because I, Jess and I both were not able to be there. So tell me, tell me, like, tell me a high and a low. Let's do that. Let's do highs and lows of this last week. Hi, hi low Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Taylor, you go first. Um, I don't know. I guess just seeing, like, all the new girls, I mean, I don't know, just, like, it clicked for them. Like, there were girls that had never even done a donut before, and they were all just doing donuts after. That was definitely a high. Yeah, they picked up real quick. Hell yeah, gang gang. Yeah. That's the best feeling in the world. I remember, I don't remember his name in real life, but his Instagram handle is like Vertoli, Vertioli. He's got the long blonde hair. He drives to Lock City a lot. And I'll never forget when I was at a clinic for Lock City and he was like, all right, listen, I'm going to get in your car. I'm going to show you the line. And just being able to see exactly when he, like, gassed it and exactly when he would lift was everything I needed. I was like, I'm just so visual. I just needed to see you do it. And now get out. I got, yeah, to, I got to drive so many of the girls' cars this weekend just doing donuts. And, like, I don't That's know. why you didn't want to drive your car. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, something's wrong with Taylor this weekend. She doesn't even want to drive her car right now. I was She's getting the spice of life. Cressida? Um, Anna's, Anna's Cressida. Mm-hmm. How was that? That was fucking awesome. Like I said, I just did some donuts, but if you get to taste anything other than a stock KA, it's like an opportunity to jump on to for real. <laughs> I keep trying to get Mike to let Jen, let me borrow her Z. <laughs> I want to try it. I just want to try it one time. Dude, you're gonna oh gosh, she's ripping in that thing. So proud of her. Fast. And then I watch myself go and I'm like, I'm doing it, but like, not fast. (laughs) We were talking about that this weekend, how it is literally amazing how much faster you think you're going when you're in the car. And then you see the outside footage and you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was ripping it the whole time. I swear. (laughs) 
I learned by uh, looking at the videos that Nils took that I was not as close as I thought I was to anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. The perspective is humbling. Am I even in the frame? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What about yeah. you, Alexis? What about a high? For sure, watching the girls' tandem. That was cool. Just seeing like how far everyone's come in such a short amount of time. Anna was ripping. Yeah, she Maxie was. was ripping. Dude, Maxie was killing it. You know, she's not gonna lie, she popped off. She did it. She popped Dude. off. So impressed with her. Yeah, that was sick. That was especially wonderful. to come to a new track and for all of them to just shred it. I mean, that wasn't. It's not the easiest track. It's super tight and technical. Yo, Martha. Martha is. <laughs> I heard about her muffler. Miller. Oh man. She broke her knuckle at the end of the day. She was the only toe we had, and it was, like, right at the end. Oh, I thought you meant, like, her hand knuckle. I was like, no more hand injuries, please. We're fucking good on that. I got it covered for you guys for the rest of the season. Nobody can hurt their hands. (laughs) Hopefully the next couple seasons, dude. We don't want anyone else hurting their fingers. I always, I've been saying through this whole thing, I'm like, there's, there's lesson. There, there, there are, there's a big lesson or multiple little lessons in all of this. And I'm still learning what they are. But a lot of it is just like, take take a step back, go slow, don't rush it. Well, we were back up there this weekend, and it is now part of the driver's meeting to not put your fingers anywhere in the tire machine. No. All right. So wait, I think we need context here. <laughs> I'm going to say this for the podcast, just because y'all know exactly what happened. Um, and if you guys want to not include this later, because it's too gruesome, you just make that call. But um, so over the weekend, this is exactly why... Communication, whenever you're doing anything automotive related with anybody, communication is key. Don't do it when you're tired and make sure that um, you're fully aware of the situation because this weekend, my boyfriend and I were dismounting one of my tires and I was lifting it up on the back so that he could get the tire spoon underneath the back lip of the tire. But before either of us knew it, it was 8.30 in the morning. We, you know, we had arrived at the drift event. We were drinking the night before. Everything was fine. We felt great the next morning, but nonetheless the tire spoon or the pry bar got right underneath my finger and literally pried the tip of my finger off. So I just went through therapy this week. I got a new fingertip. I got a cosmetic, beautiful new little fingertip. And um, it's serious shit. It absolutely put me on my ass for the rest of the weekend and for the next two or three weeks after that. So everybody be careful out there. You think you've done something a dozen and a half times and then boom, you get hurt. So Damn. And yeah, it just takes that one second. One second. That's all it takes to crash your car or hurt yourself. But yeah. Damn, dude. How'd the surgery go? Did you get to see it after? I did. I've seen it a couple times. I actually redid my own dressing today, which it's been more of a mental thing than anything because it's just so sensitive. So you're like, I don't want you to touch it. I don't want you to hurt me. Get away from me. Yeah. But it looks great. It looks, it looks a little jacked up, but it'll be good. They did what they could. And, uh, and I'll be back out there. Still love to drift. It's not deterred me in any way, but it has made me step back and like take some time to my for myself and just like, you know, recover and shit, which is all a blessing in hindsight. But Yo, you'll know. You'll be ready whenever you're ready. Mm-hmm. You'll be back. Come back with a vengeance. I'm a fire sign, baby. <laughs> you tell me I can't do something, I get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> She's She's just... all of our doors. We ain't we ain't ready. No, right? <laughs> Way closer in the video than I thought. <laughs> like all our girls have been injured in some way or another <laughs> Dude, it's been hot girl summer you you got jess and i right here 
in yes, general. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I drove again for like this is the third day I've driven. I drove to the mall because it's pretty close. I got like condition. I went to Alta specifically because it's nice and close. I can like it's it's 15 minutes there, 15 minutes back. It's a nice short drive where I get to clutch a lot, so I can like work the muscles in. Okay. But, like it's a, like I got a wicked nasty scar on the side. Yeah, that ass. See myself, but it's on the front too and on the side. It's obviously like real fat. Like I have a full cankle right now because I just drove, but. It's, it's it's not bad. We're gonna we're gonna try it out on Saturday. Didn't they have to cut through one of your tattoos? No, thank God. Oh, They're so all intact. Good. The expensive stuff is intact. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll be drifting, drifting on it that soon, right? Now you're just kind of working your leg up. Yep, yep. So I'm gonna try drifting Saturday um, oh. up north, and then from there, I'm really, I want to do, obviously, I want to do Drift Kitchen in October, I want to go to E-Town again, like, bad, Me too. and if those are the only two events I do this year, those are the only two events I do this year, I'm just, I'm just happy to, like, try. But, yeah, I mean, it's, at least getting out there, you know, it's, must have been, like, a hard season, you know, not driving, so. This year sucked, it sucked, <laughs> like, it's been just, like, not being able to drift, like, I couldn't do anything, like, for the first while, like, I couldn't, like, wear pants until I figured out if I, like, cut a pair of jeans at the knee on one side once I got the boot that I could take off. And even that wasn't until, like, April. So from, like, February to April, I couldn't even wear jeans. I had to wear sweatpants, pajama pants, a dress, like, and then I finally got a cast and I, like, was cutting jeans off at the knee so I could wear them without having to put them in my boot and, like... It's been weird, like, putting sneakers on for the first time for Formula Drift, and I shoved my fat cankle and just, like, didn't lace them all the way. Like, it, it's things that you don't think about until it happens to you. you. Like, you don't realize how more put together you feel when you can wear real clothes or you can wear a shoe or, like, going to somewhere, like, when we went to English Town, and you're like, oh, I need to go up the bleachers to get a good seat, and you're like, I have fucking crutches. Like, but we so ended up on stream a lot because apparently people were interested in watching that happen <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the show people thank you yeah. so for like a little bit of context i think it's safe to say you like shattered your ankle right oh yeah yeah absolutely um i know cerise saw the x-rays and i can send them to you guys if you want to oh like, you, you sent want. it to me i saw them right. <laughs> like, see cerise i'm the weird girl that asked for all the pictures <laughs> no she did taylor because i posted i was like let me know if you want pictures you freaking weirdos and taylor's like i'm a weirdo give them to me i was like good yeah. there you go i want to show people it's on a flasher. I want to flash him with my injury. <laughs> she showed me. Good. <laughs> you were at my back surgery. Like, I, I know. All, I was. I know. Meg is sensitive to that stuff. Meg doesn't like to see the gross stuff, so I always ask in the group chat first. I'm like, if anybody wants to, just let me know. Right. Like you guys both asked. Darcy asked. I think I showed Maxi. I think I definitely showed showed Cerise. I showed Cerise. Oh, yeah. Everybody at work got to see it a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Nobody at work wanted to see my finger. I felt really insulted. <laughs> The only people that asked were Evan and Gareth, and they didn't even ask. I said, do you want to see it? <laughs> They're like, sure. <laughs> it's like a weird voyeurism. Like, I want to show it to people because I'm like, look what I did. <laughs> look what I did. I look mean, what I overcome is really what it is. It's look what I overcome. Let me <laughs> brag about my strength real quick. Where realistically, behind every one of those photos, I was absolutely crying my eyes out because I was not handling it well. Damn. It's all right. We're tough. We're a bunch of Sagittarius bitches. <laughs> For whatever, you know? I have no shame. I was so curious. I'm like, let me see it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bring it out. Bring it out. 
So speaking of like the work stuff, could you guys talk to us a little bit about um, like what your roles are in FCP and kind of like what the company does? Jess, you go, you go first because you've been there so much longer than I have. Yeah. Um, okay. So as of April, I've actually been there four years. So almost four and a half at this point. It feels like it's been like a week and then it feels like it's been like 10 years too. Um, so like background on FCP Euro, just generally, uh, they started in 1986. It was actually um, Nick who owns it now. It was his parents' company out in Groton, Connecticut. Um, and he ended up taking it over in the early 2000s when like the internet became a thing. They were just like a tiny brick and mortar um, he started it out on eBay, and then from eBay brought it to its own website. Um, so he, they've been doing this a long, long time. His whole family is really, really nice. Nick is there constantly. Um, his, like, childhood best friend is our CEO. Like, they're very, very nice guys. Like, we hug. We're very close. Like, they know yeah. us on, like, first-name basis. Can confirm. Um, yeah. Last couple of years, we have absolutely exploded growth-wise. Like, I was, like, the 50th employee, and we are up over 200 now, just in four years. Like, we went from, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars to being, like, now we're making multiple millions a year. And it feels like it was, like, overnight because it was, like, sh such a short period of time. Um, generally, we do European auto parts. Uh, this will help out the BMW ladies. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, so, lifetime yeah, lifetime replacement on everything they sell. Um, I know a lot of, for some reason, like, girls like me who drift also have a Volkswagen, too, so... Shoutouts there too, where we cover and the drift Volvos that are coming out of the scene. All those and the yeah. Volvos, but we also do Mercedes, um, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Mini, Porsche, and Porsche. Yeah. So lifetime replacement, everything we sell, but it's all like OE, OEM parts. We have some some performance stuff, not a ton. Like we don't have angle kits or anything like that. But like, say you still have like stock rear. We can definitely help you out with that and stuff like that. And then your oil changes, your fluids, everything you want to change every event or two, mm -hmm. have that lifetime replacement on the fluids too. So they are FCP Euro is known for the the lifetime replacement, free oil changes for life. You mm -hmm. know, kind of shtick where people hear about they're like free oil changes. What's that? And then all of a sudden they hear that you know we have lifetime replacement on all our parts, and they're like, wait, hold on, like everything? And we're like, yeah, like everything. So when you drift, like for instance, so I drive an E36. Um, and for my angle, I run E46 control arms and relocator bushings. So we don't sell the relocator bushings because those are an aftermarket part. Um, I did get that from another website, which I'm not going to mention. But um, the E46 control arms, the tie rods, all that stuff, like that's relatively stock. So if you break these things, if you drive a European car, there's so many ways to modify your car with other European parts where you can like find this benefit. So 100%, 100% plugging FCP Euro because... All my oil, I do an oil change before every event because I can do it. So it's like, why not? That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's great. That's that's crazy. That's like I a mean, sixty seventy dollar thing, you know? Yeah. And everybody's car needs oil, so you don't necessarily even if we don't have the filters. Like if you want to buy the oil for say like your Toyota or your Nissan, you can do that too. I mean, oil's oil. Just because it's like German made doesn't mean you can't put it in. Like I've been running, I run the MOS two in my two forty, and that shit is awesome. I run that shit too in my E36. I do all the additives. Yeah. So same thing though. I lifetime replace it. I just drain the oil, send it back, refund on the replacement. So really? it helps out a lot. Yeah. It helps out a lot with all like, the tiny maintenance stuff. We, we carry a red line. I've gotten my red line MTF from there. Like gear oil, like 75W90 is 75W90. It is what it is. Like just put it in there. Like, mm hmm. So 
I do still be throwing a bottle of Lucas in there because, you know, we don't sell that, but I need the shit. So as far as, like, what I do, uh, ooh, okay. So in four and a half years, I've kind of done a lot. I started out in customer service. Like, we were really small then. We were just doing, like, tickets. It was minor phone calls. And then it was, like, 60 tickets a day. I started taking on going to a lot of the shows and going to a lot of the races, like, there were, there were times where I worked, like, five weekends in a row until our HR lady, who is the sweetest woman in the world, told me I couldn't anymore. <laughs> She's like, you have to take a weekend. You can't do this. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Pam. Love you so much. <laughs> um, so I started to go on all the shows and stuff, and then they started looking to do more of, like, an events program. Uh, so obviously, I immediately applied for that. Um, we went out. I got hired. Finally, it took a few months because, obviously, they had, like, other prospects, but they always knew that I was right for the job, which felt really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, that that hasn't so far super panned out, mostly because of the pandemic. Um, We went down to Texas last year, and then we got to go to St. Pete in March. um, And that's right when COVID really hit and everything was shutting down. Uh, We were at St. Pete, getting, we were at the track, getting ready to set up. Our tractor trailer was there. We're, like, unloading things. And all of a sudden, we start to get the trickle down from, like, our boss and our CEO. And it's like, you guys need to come home now everybody's going home, we're going on lockdown, work from home immediately, like, you have to come home. So we're all on our phones, buying flights, had to come back, didn't do anything race-wise for the rest of 2020, and that it kind of got shut down, so I went and started doing social media. So that's actually kind of been really fun, it's super out of my wheelhouse, nothing I've ever done before, and I learned, like, I did all of our Facebook posts for a year, I managed all of our social media inboxes, so we have three Instagrams and two Facebooks, so I was managing those. Um, trying to do like internal sort of online events. Like I did a trivia night. I did some social media stuff. Um, I made a Facebook group for us. I made an internal Instagram just to try to keep everybody connected. Like the big part of this company is that we're a family. Like that's always the word that everybody comes to when you're like, how would you describe like working there? And it's like, legitimately we're family. Like it's like having it's very surreal. Yeah. It's like having 200 brothers and sisters. I never asked for like, <laughs> Like having a really like yours, mine, and ours situation. And they expect you too. Like they approach you the same way. Like like if you are a new hire, hi, welcome. This is what we are now. And and there's no like a there's no waiting period. There's no like, you know, kind of yeah, I'm gonna, up. You yeah. Get there, people are like, You're my friend now, and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So um so we did social media for a while and then we started to come back. I was ready to go back to events January first and then I busted up my stupid ankle in February and uh, I couldn't travel. Uh, I was still doing a lot of social media. We hired Cerise in March, I want to say. Was it March? Yep, March 29th. Okay. I knew it. <laughs> so we, <laughs> we hired Cerise, and I started kind of, like, teaching her everything I was doing because we needed somebody to do social media. I was going to go back to events. Um, so we were doing that, and then I was trying to balance doing social media and events. And with the travel starting up again and stuff like that, and they had concerns that obviously they don't want me to get hurt if we're out on the road. Like if we're in Texas and I tweak my ankle wrong and something happens and we don't know, like nobody knows like what could happen if I were to hurt it because there's so much metal and everything and they don't know what fully recovered is yet. Um, they kind of took me off the road for the year for sure. And I'm back helping out customer service in a live chat aspect. Um, I'm still handling, trying to do some internal stuff and, um, do like, like we do, I do an events digest every month where I like type up everything that we're going to and everything we're doing, what the car shows are, like what are, what are things our employees can go to, to like stay connected. Um, and that's what I'm doing now. And hopefully going back to like an events position 
once we know I'm fully healed, I have a follow-up the 25th, so. Okay. Other than that, I, I won't tell you what I did, like, as far as social media-wise, because it's everything Cerise is doing, so I'll, I'll let her talk about that. <laughs> it was, first of all, coming into FCP Euro, and let me take a step, let me take a step back, because everything that Jess said, I'll, I'll kind of, you know, um, Velcro myself to in a moment, but my experience with FCP Euro was that they were a company that were just filled with like quality, yeah, quality parts, but like quality people. Wait, where'd she go? Okay, there she is. <laughs> but like quality people, and they had a they had a very they had a very strong business model. So, um, in February of 2020, I had actually lost my job, and I was applying to FCP Euro for a data position. Um, my background is is in marketing, um, but with uh, expertise uh, from a software consulting company uh, prior to working at FCP Euro. So um, I was talking with their data department and it felt really out of my comfort zone. And, you know, it was going to be a challenge, but I wanted to work for the company. It was less about the position and more about the culture and the company and the support systems that I saw that they had. So I was interviewing nonetheless, and then all of a sudden everything shut down and no, you know, no offense taken. This is the way of the world, whatever. And then literally one day I was, I took a job over the pandemic to allow myself to get back on the books so that my boyfriend and I could buy a house, which thankfully we did. And it's been nothing but a pleasure, but you know, all of a sudden I was in this job and I was, I literally remember the moment where I was sitting at my desk, just bored as a gourd. And I saw Jess post on Facebook, we're hiring for a social media marketing, um, you know, position. I was like, I stopped like everything I was doing. I was like, I, I went directly to the site. I didn't even reply to the post yet. I was like careers page, careers page, applying for the site. And then I I went through the application. It says, do you have a reference? And I was like, I would love to use Jess. Oh my God. So I messaged her. I said, would that be okay? Can I put your name down? She's like, oh my God. Yeah, of course. And, um, and then we started the interview process and it took about, I went through four interviews and, um, this was, you know, back in like the earlier part of the year, oh, I'm sorry, wait, my timeline's all fucked up. I applied in December and I ended up getting the job in March and I cried. <laughs> my, my boss, Kyle called me and let me know. And I was sitting in the parking lot of this like planet fitness or something. And I was just like trying so hard not to let him know that I was happy crying. And he completely knew. And he told everybody. <laughs> But it was okay. I was happy. So um, as soon as I started, the fact that Jess was repositioned to be an asset on the social media team meant that she was going to train me, which was an added benefit. Like she was my piece through the whole interview process because I was so nervous. I wanted it so bad. I I said, you know, I'm very transparent um, as a person and especially in an interview, like I am at the age now where I don't have the time to fake my responses because I do not want to create an environment for myself that's based off lies because I'll become miserable. So I was very transparent and, you know, she calmed my nerves and gave me good feedback. And, and as soon as I started, I was, I was having, you know, we were on meetings for probably, you know, the first hour and a half of the day, just going through inboxes and going through all of the wonderful compliments and ridiculous questions and just like the things that come along with social media that you would expect and she was there to to help guide me through everything. So it was literally like I was being like trained by one of my I was. I was being trained by one of my friends and one of my sisters who drifts and it was wonderful because Jess has oh my god, a wealth of knowledge. Like this girl, A, she's been working this job like she just said for four years. But like, yo, don't ever play this girl. She knows her shit. 
like for real. <laughs> so it was great to have her, have her help. And now because she helped train me and she knows exactly what I do, the perspective is great. Cause I'll message her in the middle of the day and be like, yo girl, <laughs> do we have this in the catalog? Or, you know, this person's asking this question, like, is this something that we do? And she has this expertise that's like, for me, invaluable. So I, she already knows this, but like, I seriously value our relationship here and at work because I genuinely would feel lost some days without her guidance. So it's been wonderful, especially being in a male dominated industry to have somebody who's a mentor and who's a female. So it's just been, I said it, I did. I love you. (laughs) I'm like, all right, let's start crying now. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's emotional. Work is emotional, but um, it's maybe like 20 women and all of the girls we work with are cool as shit. For facts, they really are. I mean, the guys we work with are cool too. I love them. They're my brothers. Like, yep. they be snowboarding with them, and like we all go out for like happy hours and shit like that. And it's like I said, it's literally like a family. Mm-hmm. It's like your brothers. But, like the women that we work with are legitimately very, very cool. A lot of times, you have like a lot of competition. And actually, there's one of the things yeah. I men- like mentioned to Cerise at one point. I was like, you know, I was like. Cause I'm not going to lie. Like I have that worry, like being the only girl in the M- we call it the MCM team. It's marketing content and motorsports. I was the only girl on that team. And I was like, we're going to bring in this bombshell. I was like, is anybody going to pay attention to me anymore? Am I getting my questions answered? Like, I'm like, yes, it's me. I pay all the attention to you. <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen? I was, I, was, I was like super honest about that, but like, no, we're, we're super good friends. And that worked out really, really well. It was yeah. nice, like, if we were going to hire anybody, that it was somebody I already knew and somebody I knew had, like, tenacity, because we needed that. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely, and I, I, and I, I that, that sentiment, like, I can mirror that, because just being in the industry that we're in, there is this competition, because women are the outliers. So when you become an outlier, and it's literally, like, it's, it's sort of like an alpha-alpha thing, because, let's be honest, not every woman can be in this industry. Not every woman can do what we do. Um, that doesn't mean that they can't. It just means that it just, it is, it is, it is what it is, so... Because we are a minority, we have to represent ourselves and be fully here and present. So when you come to face to face with another woman and you vibe, oh, the peace, it just is like, it just feels so good. Like, you're just like, wow, okay, I'm with my people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I think that's what I like most about Drift Kitchen, too, because I feel like everyone's so different, but we still come together on that, like, one thing. And like you said, just vibe. I don't know. Yeah. Nobody shows up with ego, and that's nice, because I feel like in a lot of, like, any space where there's more than one woman, it's like you're fighting for, like, because there is, I mean, we all we want equality, but there there is obviously, like, a certain, like, energy that women have in a male-dominated space. And, like, you we want also to make want sure- autonomy. Yeah. Like, we want to have our own power and our own voice, and, you know, so we... There's, there's this dichotomy that you have to fight where it's, I want there to be representation, but I need to stand up for myself. So like, where's that happy medium? And I feel like, I feel 100% confident. If Jess is in the room, I feel more confident. And I think that that's something where it's like, because you know that you can rely on them and you trust this person. And so I wonder if it's the same for you guys where you're in a driver's meeting and it's like, I just feel more confident having you here. Oh, 100%. I can see that. (laughs) Not at all for the driver's meeting. I'm still scared of those. I hate those. <laughs> We've run so much better, though. We actually, like, look at them. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> we make eye contact now, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, um, coming, coming, like, having been at the first Drift Kitchen and then seeing you guys at, like, Club Loose last year, I mean, that was, that was a big event. That was, like, 
that was insane. And to watch you guys, like, still totally handle it was super cool. Wait, that's that's actually, uh, can we talk about that for a second? Because that means that you two, that's how you two see yourself. But, like, every woman that knows the Drift Kitchen that participates in the events, like, looks up to you guys. Like, you guys are such le- <laughs> you guys are such leaders for us. And I think that's such, like, a lesson of perception that, you might like own your shit and like have everything together on the outside, but like still feel nervous about it. And I feel like that's kind of drifting in a nutshell, especially if you're learning. I actually have to tell you guys a story. I don't know if Meg told you guys this. When we were at Formula Drift, there was a girl that was like two bleachers in front of us. And she was talking to her boyfriend about like wanting to try it. And like, oh, if I'm going to do it, like I want to go to the drift kitchen. I want to try it. And we overheard her and Meg goes to me. She goes, do we do we tell her to do it? And I was like, absolutely. So we like interrupted their entire conversation to talk about the drift kitchen. And like, it was super cool to hear somebody that like, I've never seen before and like has never drifted before, like overhear them talking about it and like being interested in wanting to try it and mm-hmm. being able to like be an advocate and be like, absolutely come drift with us. Cause it's so fun. And there's like, like just to like be that like first step towards them feeling comfortable even to show up. It was, it was super cool. Just, ah, I felt really good. Awesome. Huh? I was going to say now, like all, all you girls that have been driving with us forever, you're like the ambassadors now to like start getting more women involved in the sport and stuff. Like, fuck yeah. Just keep passing the torch on and on. My goal in life is to make people feel more empowered after they leave a conversation with me. Hell Yeah. There's no reason why you should take power away from anybody. There's no reason. It's like, you know how you heard that thing, like, happiness is not pie. It's not diminished the more you share it. Like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, especially in our world where we're grassroots, baby. No one's getting paid for this shit, okay? We're doing, we're spending all this money. We're spending all of our time stressing out, hurting ourselves because we want to have fun. And I think that's exactly why the drifting community is as wholesome and supportive as it is is because there is no competition there's no competition like how many times when you guys come back from a drift event how many how many people ask you so how was your race did you win did you win (laughs) what place did you come in first we all came in first (laughs) i came in first in my book every time (laughs) i won i won drifting i'm number one (laughs) Oh my god! But it's no, like I, I agree with that. I, I I usually use the phrase though. Um, putting out someone's candle does not make your shine brighter. Oh hell yeah! I it's like so that. True. It's so true. Damn, Taylor's got a lot of words of wisdom that she's gonna have to compete against at the end of this episode, <laughs> right? I mean, that one this time. <laughs> use, it in like, use it in like four episodes. People will have forgotten about it, and you can steal that. You can have it. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I can, I can start to, like, use what you guys can say now. Can I just say, I listened to last week's episode today, and I forgot everything that we had talked about, and I was, like, hysterical about it. I'm like, we actually said this? <laughs> Alexis, you, you look like one of those, like, anonymous, like, interviews right now, where, like, they blacked <laughs> Alright, so Manny accidentally, like, ruined the socket in the room, and the lights that the lights for uh, above the uh, table, they uh, they don't work now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I look like I'm about to be kidnapped. No, it's like ominous. It's like we're going to be like a sexy little mysterious ominous yeah. Alexis. 
Blink twice <laughs> you're under duress. You'd be kind of like a, yeah, it's like a supernatural thing. Like, is she a ghost? Could I don't I... want to have sex with ghosts. I think it's a fetish somewhere online. Spoopy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get some better lighting in here. We're still trying to work out the kinks of the new house. I'm sure you totally understand. Dude, yeah. Oh, my God. The the random outlets that, I, that still control nothing. <laughs> we thought it would be easier because everything's just, like, going through logs. Wow. That's, there you okay. are. <laughs> really, really bright. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we bought this house in October, and we're, like, pretty low. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say we're pretty low-key. Like, we don't need to do anything crazy. <laughs> we don't got to do anything crazy with the house, but, like, figuring out, like, the different pipes to turn on and all that. We got lucky because the previous owner labeled everything. Everything is labeled. Did you, get rid of- you should see our mom. Oh, sorry, go ahead. This okay. I was gonna ask if you got. Did you get rid of the? Was it bees or spiders or what? The, the holes. Bees. Are, are the yes, bees those gone? are gone. the The holes are still up. Like we, we. So this whole house was built in 1874 and it's not insulated. This so project. And there was a beehive that that was probably about three feet, a whole yard down the wall. So we started cutting holes in the wall, and you know, Ryan took part. You know, took pet the um the circle cut. And he's like, holy shit. And there's just beehive, beehive. And he's going down there with tongs and he's getting a fucking, uh, what is it called? A, a drain snake. And he's like snaking out beehive from the wall. It was. That's not like, you're like, oh, we don't have to do anything crazy. And I'm like, what do you mean? You don't have to do anything crazy. Your walls are full of bees. <laughs> That's not even the weirdest thing, though. That's not even the weirdest thing. Shit. Where is it? Were there like bees alive in there? No, there were no bees. There were no live bees. Okay. You can find it right now. God, I don't remember where I put it. That sucks. When we, we found were... a dildo. Oh, that little like strap. Oh, yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah, we thought we thought it was a dick extender. So basically, it we found this box. So I saw, I told Orion, I was like losing sleep before we closed on the house. I was like, there's gonna be spirits in this house. There's gonna be energies, and I need to mentally prepare myself to come face to face with them because I'm here, bitch. I'll fight you, but it's, I don't know how. So Ryan comes up to me one time, we're, we're, we're cutting holes in the walls. He's like, babe, I found something. And I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is it. This is when the exorcism starts. And so I'm sitting there and I put out my hands and he goes, Hold, you know, shut your eyes. And then I see this box and it says on the top, it says for Greg in time of need. And I was like, oh my God, it's going to be money. It's going to be old prohibition booze that I can sell for a thousand five hundred bucks. No, it's a dick sock. <laughs> it's a dick extender with two massive, like, hair ties on the side, which I could only believe go around your leg. Yeah. And in which case, I'm like, I get hair extensions. Why can't you have a dick extender? I get a push-up bra. Why can't you have that, you know? <laughs> so then we found that. But then everybody was like, oh, you got to get rid of it. I'm like, there's no way I can get rid of this thing. It's for Greg. What if he comes back? What if he's the one that lives here? <laughs> did you put it back on the wall um it's in a cabinet somewhere i just don't remember exactly where <laughs> but it is gonna stay in this house like orion was like orion also told me that i should i have the, i have the i have my fingertips still and he told me i should throw that out too i'm like how the fuck do you just throw away a part of yourself <laughs> hey, eat it and gain your own power i want to put it in a shift knob do you what? Uh, that that would be cool 
actually. That would be really cool. Like, but not like, not like obvious, like very inconspicuous. Like get some glitter in there, do some layers, maybe do some other gems and then fingertip. Or like a keychain. Yeah. Or keychain. Just put it in some resin. And to me, it's funny as shit. (laughs) I have really dark humor though. Can you put it in one that's like full of water and glitter? So it's like a shaker, but with your finger. (laughs) Do one with like oil and oil and oil and oil. Water, wow, what I broke <laughs> oil and water where you like turn it upside down and it just like trickles down. <laughs> this is random, but do you guys have did you guys save your baby teeth? I have them somewhere, I think my mom has them. I definitely had some of my molars for a while until they like dried out and like broke. I mean, I, I moved a lot for a very long time, so like I'm surprised they made it as far as I did. But to answer the question, yes. Okay. I don't know if I do. My mom has like our first haircut in like a photo album when back when like scrapbooking was like huge. It's like with a pink ribbon and it's like in this little plastic thing. It's funny. You do a little seance later. I don't know. Fuck it up. You have your teeth. The thing with hair. It was was not my first haircut. I went and had like some of it braided and you put the hair ties around it so you can cut it off and donate it. And then I forgot to donate it and I just had a ponytail of my own hair for a while. (laughs) And I don't know why I kept bringing it with me to the next house. Like, it was okay to donate it later. <laughs> it's been, it's thrown out now. But, like, I just kept finding it. You just put it in your Goodwill bag, like, you want this. <laughs> with the sweaters I don't want anymore. Here's some hair. <laughs> Here's my Uggs from five years ago and a piece of my hair. <laughs> my first baby onesie, though. The one I came from from the hospital in with, like, the St. Raphael's Hospital, like, logo on it. Yep. Yeah, but thinking about weird. I want to know why that was a question. Why did you ask us that? <laughs> well, um, I asked. I asked because of the whole like not getting rid of like a part of yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny when Orion. So we're at the track, right? Everything is kind of bright, like all hell is breaking loose, and um, I'm panicking. I'm screaming. I'm like, Orion's like, "What do you need? What do you need?" I'm like, I need a fucking paper towel. <laughs> So he's like, okay. So he's running to find a paper towel. He finds one, and then he's on the phone with this, uh, with the nine one one, just trying to get like an ambulance to come forward. And he's on the phone. I want you guys. He's like, he's, he has the phone like this. And he's like, just like juggling my fingertip back and forth because he grabbed it off the tire machine. <laughs> and then he comes over. And he's like, oh, here. <laughs> he just gives it to me. Like, yes, That's thank you. Crazy. I need oh. this. Give this thing to me. This is me. Very I did weird. enjoy getting to hear that story secondhand before you came back. <laughs> <laughs> I got to hear it from Marissa and Troy, who were there. Swivelmount, actually. You guys have already talked to them. Um, Marissa and Troy were right there when it happened. And the, Marissa- the paper towel was their dog's towel. Oh, Whiskey. He's so cute. Yeah. Sorry, Whiskey. You don't get a towel anymore. But I don't get a fingertip, so fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, right. that was uh, that must that's I'm broken too now. Um, <laughs> it's okay to say that sucks. It sucks, and I, I'm laughing about it. That just sounds intense. We all go through shit. We all go through shit that you think sounds really hard, and then somebody's like, "Man, I don't know what I would do in that situation. That sounds so hard." You do what you gotta fucking do. You do what you gotta do. You get through it, and people are a lot stronger than you think you are. Jess went through 
God, I don't even know months in a boot. Yo, fuck that boot. Fuck that boot. Fuck that boot. <laughs> <laughs> we all go through hard shit. If you don't laugh about it, it'll kill you. Yeah. She right. <laughs> this is coming from someone. What's that, Jess? What else do you guys want to know? Everything. <laughs> I'll never forget the time when Reese and I first started dating and we met halfway in Connecticut. And we're just like driving around and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, cool, there's an S14. And then I forget what other car was there. And then we looked and we actually had driven by FCP Euro. And I'm like, oh, wow, I think like your Volkswagen was still there. Yep. Them? Yeah. I think you guys sent me a picture of it. And I was like, oh, what the hell are you guys doing in Connecticut? Like, I, really, I sort of, like, had the inkling. Guys like, Milford. But, yeah. But they, you guys went to my Colombian place. That's that's my fucking food place, dude. The Carnegie Sada there, amazing. I'm sorry, Jess. What? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have, you ever, have you not been to Mi Casita? 11 out of 10 do recommend. Talk now, to let Kyle. me tell you, we work with a bunch of foodies, so we all eat very well. I have not... Into my casita. Mi casita. Mi casita. 11 out of 10 do recommend. It's Colombian food. They have great, absolutely great food. And the carne guisada is amazing. So it's it's beef stew, and they pour it over rice, and it has it has potato. It has yuca. It has, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it has platanos. And it has, what's the the flat smashed ones? Uh, tostones? Yeah, yeah, tostones. You're doing great! <laughs> I love... I'm going to call it ethnic food because I love all sorts of, like, national foods. Love it. I just texted you, and you can correct my spelling, but now I'll have it in our, in our conversation. I'm the biggest foodie. I'm the least picky eater. I will eat anything twice. I'm more like that now. I definitely eat a lot more of these different foods. What I, I feel like Reese is a foodie because he told, cause he told me about that breakfast spot in Jersey. That's why I think he's a foodie. Yeah, he's the one that has definitely gotten me to widen my palate because, I mean, dude, I've tried food that I never even thought I would try. What's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Weirdest thing? I don't even know. Because to me, it was just different. I wouldn't say that the food was weird, but different. Like, I had never had Indian food before. (laughs) Alexis, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? All right, so I come from a very, very traditional Greek family, and we do the lamb uh, outside on the spit uh, on Easter time. And my my great aunt slash godmother, she used to um, she used to do like the the tongue, the tongue. It's so tough. It's so tough. Oh yeah. It's literally all muscle. That's oh. I've had cow's tongue. I've had cow's heart. Sweetbreads are the thymus gland of a cow. They're actually delicious and tender. If you saute them with some bacon, oh, and some onion, send it. So good. Liver pate. My family loves liver pate. I don't know why I was born into this family, but they love liver pate. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that. You can skip it. You can skip it. <laughs> so we were talking about Vegemite the other day and like super salty. I can have it in like. It, it, it's not a regular thing. Like, I don't keep it in my cabinet. But, like, if it's there, I'll have it. Have you guys ever had Vegemite or Marmite? I don't know what the fuck that is. Do you know what it is? Okay. I guess I'm not as broad in my palate as I thought. <laughs> it is. So, so it's basically boiled down beer. 
it's a yeast extract. And what they do is they'll take any kind of beer or barley or any kind of uh, barley wheat based liquid. And then they just reduce it down and it becomes extremely salty and very savory. So you guys have heard how like on your, on your taste buds, you have like sweet, salty, savory, sour, or sweet, salty, savory, sour. And then there's umami. So like, the umami flavor is basically Vegemite or Marmite. And I grew up with that because my father is from Zimbabwe. So Zimbabwe, South Africa have Marmite. And then Australia has Vegemite, which is where Jess's background is. Jess's background comes from. Mm-hmm. So it's all very salty, but it's like a comfort food for me now. Same thing with sardines. I love sardines. Sardine paste. Salty. I love all the strong flavors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard or had any of that. <laughs> I mean, I've heard of sardines, but never had them. I feel like it's a weird, like, New Hampshire thing where there's not a lot of, like, foods to try up here. Not a lot of, okay. like, not a lot, of, like, not to say that New Hampshire is uncultured, because it's, it's, I like it up here. But it's a totally different, like, like, living in southern Connecticut and, like, having the same family background I do. I came from, like, a mecca of foods from all over the place because we're so close to New York. We're, we're smack dab in the middle of New York and Boston, which are, like, huge melting pots of cultures. It's not, like, even pizza is right there. Dude, I can't find a good, like, I know you not can't because you're in New Hampshire. I'm great sorry. pizza. But I can't do it. What kind of pizza do you like? So, I mean, I like the New Haven style, like, crunchy crust, like, really fresh sauce. Not a sweet sauce. All the, all the sauce up here is so sweet to me. Like, I like, like, a really, like, rich tomato sauce. Basil, oregano, I want those flavors. And then, like, a super fresh Moots cheese. Or, like, dude, like dirty. does a fresh tomato pizza, where it's literally slices of their, like, fresh tomato with, with Moots and fucking basil. And it's so good. I don't know I'm if it's because six I've, minutes from that, I'm gonna go get some pizza after this. I don't know if it's because I've lived in New Hampshire pretty much my entire life, but I don't really think that deep into pizza. <laughs> you have a lot of like Greek places. So from New Hampshire, what are some what are some what are some foods that are like classic to New Hampshire? What are some things that like you know like you can get this and it's gonna be bomb? Uh, anything with maple syrup. So like we have this place, Parker's Maple Barn, which is um, like breakfast foods. So they'll do like deep fried uh, French toast. Yeah, like deep fried um, cinnamon buns, and then like you know pancakes with maple syrup from you know the trees in their backyard. That's pretty cool. Honestly, one of my favorite things in well, we're pretty close to like places where you can get decent poutine, which is nice because we're very close to Canada. And then on so. Where Matt lives, where I am right now, is literally walking distance from Ryan Turk's mom's little diner, Janie's. Uh-huh. And she has potato hash that is to die for. It's like potatoes, peppers, bacon, and it's like the shredded potatoes. So freaking good. So good. And the muffins, cranberry orange muffin over there. Phenomenal. Ooh. Food literally turns me on. Literally every time we talk about good food, I'm like, I'm in the mood right now. <laughs> yeah. No, that sounds amazing. It's I worked at a barbecue place, and they did poutine with cheese sauce. And everybody thought it was a total blasphemy. That restaurant that you were working at, that was some that was some good food. Which one? Wait. I've worked at a couple. Which Oh, um, when you were the one that I went to with Bethany. 
Yes, that was fun. So yeah, one time I was working, I, uh, I've always worked two jobs. I've usually had like a nine to five that has, I always try to incorporate like my degree and like, I'm like, I'm going to college. I'm fucking paying for it. Like, let's get it like a, a nine to five. And then I've always worked on the weekends cause I have drifting as a hobby, which is expensive or goals, like wanting to buy a house and shit like that. So I've always had two jobs. And, uh, yeah, one time Alexis came down and we came in with Bethany and Mia and it was like, that, that was actually a very memorable shift. I literally remember that shift. And it was awesome. Like, I loved seeing you. That was the best surprise. Mia was a great help for us this weekend. Mia is, Mia is going to be a powerhouse, dude. When that chick is, like, fully autonomous and, like, runs her own shit. Oh, my God. All three of them, yeah. I feel like. I told um, Chase is the oldest, right? Chase is the oldest and Aiden's yeah. in the middle, yep. He's going to be a millionaire one day. That kid is just the like... Hospital? Yeah, I'm like, when you become a millionaire, please remember me. <laughs> yeah. Remember that Drift Kitchen sticker. <laughs> so they, have, they like, help run our booth, and he was trying to sell people, like, bags. If he was putting our merch in bags, he was trying to, like, sell them for an extra five cents. <laughs> <laughs> so we just hear about that'll be $30 and five cents. Where the hell did he get the five cents from? You're like, I don't even know. Do I stop him? Like, <laughs> Maybe he's thinking, I mean, in Connecticut, we have to pay for plastic bags. I don't think... So this this little dude, right? So Chase FaceTimed me. They have, um, they have a portal, like one of those Facebook portals in their kitchen. And I get a FaceTime from Bethany. And I was like, oh, let me answer this. And it's Chase. And they're sitting in the kitchen. And I'm just like, oh, what's up, dude? He's like, hey. You know, he starts telling me. He's like, he wants, to, he's he's turning 10 years old or uh, 10 or 11. Oh, forgive me. I love you. He's turning 10 or 11. And that is the age where you can start drifting. So he's like, I want to start working so that I can buy a drift car. And I'm like, what do you want? You want to get an E36? He's like, yeah, maybe. Because there's, there's, as far as all the options are concerned, they're like pretty approachable. So this man is trying to tell me about like all the services he has and everything he can do. And I'm like, yo, I'm seriously about to hire some child labor to help this man, A, get to his dreams. Cause that's what it's all about. But B, <laughs> I got some big trees on this property. You want to rake? I got some rakes <laughs> for you. That's so I was funny. not jealous of you guys in the fall. Not jealous at all. I saw all those leaves. I'm all set. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a lot. It was totally a lot. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot again. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to budget for, like, some landscaping because I'm a DIYer. I'm going to do everything myself until I realize I can't. And then you'll have to pick up the pieces. But Dude, it's taken me three years to realize it's hard, so hard to keep up with this damn yard. I try every year. I try so hard. <laughs> do you guys have big trees in the back, too? We do. We just got a lot of shit cut down. Like, a lot of the vines were taking over everything. Good. Like, but... Yeah. yeah, Alexis knows. I mean, she's helped me a couple times, Drift Kitchen landscaping. Yeah, that's usually our uh, our prep for any drift event is uh, <laughs> mowing your lawn and raking leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, everyone's working on their cars and we're just here with our stock boys <laughs> raking up leaves. <laughs> you sound fucking thrilled. <laughs> I think it's terrible. Me, me and Matt have been looking at houses and the market is insane right now. But he's saying like he wants property. He's like, I want like He's like, that's only on, like, half an acre. I'm like, are you going to fucking take care of more than that? Because I'm not. <laughs> Let me tell you, these boys have all these grand ideas of building these massive garages for themselves. And listen, I'm absolutely here for it. 
for the time and preparation, getting a proper contract. You don't, you listen, you do not want to do this shit on your own. I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. Just ask, just ask somebody, just get a second opinion. So it is, it is a ton of work and ton of preparation and everybody, everybody's going to charge you for their time and their skills. And that's fair. You gotta be ready for it. So we, we have a detached four car. Orion currently has 13 cars. I have three cars. Jesus. What the fuck is a four-car garage going to do for us? That's insane. That's do they all insane. run, all 13 of his cars? They all run. Really? They're not all, they're not all registered, but they do all... I'm sorry, I think there's two park cars. There's two park cars, but, like, they still have motors in them, so, like, the, technically they run, but, like, like... Are they all on the property? No. So, like, that's the goal. So he has he has a, a separate garage that's about 20, 25 minutes away from our house, and it's a 3,000 square foot that he shares with, um, he splits it with his brother, and then they have uh, some some tenants and stuff. So most of his cars are there, and then he has... <laughs> <laughs> and then he has, like, four of them here, so... Is that Greg? Is that Greg? Do you need something? <laughs> I don't know where it is. I'm sorry. But... Yeah, so it's it's so the idea is to be self sufficient here, and that does involve probably downsizing and then building another garage. But this is the lifestyle that I knew we were gonna have. This is this is exactly this isn't a surprise. This isn't whatever, but it's definitely something to figure out. But here's the thing: I said that I would not settle on a house unless it had a massive garage, right? And here we are in a one car, like tiny little garage. Things changed once you saw it, though. That house is insane. Your house is so nice. It's I just wish Manny would let me put, like, a car on a rotisserie somewhere in the backyard. Why not? <laughs> what's, what's his dilemma? I don't understand. I don't know. I'm going to pick You don't have neighbors. What are you going to do when it rains? The owls are going to be pissed? I don't understand. <laughs> they can, like, make a little space in there. I'll, like, they can put a nest in the dashboard area or something if I'm working in the back. That's fine. It's only getting better. <laughs> now you're invi- now you're an environmentalist. It's not even rotisserie. It's a birdhouse. It's a sanctuary. It's a sanctuary. Call it. It's all about how you word it. That's <laughs> what I learned in social media. Yeah, it like I really like to build a rotating bird sanctuary <laughs> out of coffee. <laughs> you can rotate it with the seasons. <laughs> Change it up. So it's an all-new environment for the next tenant. Oh boy! It's yeah, Airbnb. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this winter goes with just dealing with the driveway and living on a dirt road. Big with New Hampshire. Your first winter too in the new house, right? We te- we moved in October, so we already have one okay. winter here. Yeah, that was a mild winter, though. Right, considering like. Dude, let me tell you, the winters seem so much more aggressive when you're having to clear your own driveway, though. <laughs> you remember every storm. <laughs> Just ask Taylor. <laughs> oh my God, what was it for you up there? I just fucking hate shoveling, dude. I'm so sick of it already. I like already don't even want winter. <laughs> That's the difference for me between being home and coming up here. Like, I was... I was home, it would start snowing because the storms last year were moving like up for some reason. So I'm shoveling in Connecticut before I leave and I'm shoveling two to three feet and then I come up here 
And Matt's dad bought like a thousand dollar snowblower with like heated hand grips, and I'm like, that's the life right there. Dude, it's so nice. Yeah, it's. But it snows a lot up here. I mean, it doesn't snow that much more than home. I don't. I don't know. We, so here's the thing: is like we can have some really bad storms, and like yeah. for some reason, I think it was last year, we just got hit like back to back. So it's like we had a mild winter, but like those big storms were fucking big. Week after week after week. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but just the way it's been raining all summer uh, is not wrong. Under- it's reminiscent of the 2015 summer, and I don't know if you guys know this, but that snow, it went over my head, dude. It was like, all you could see is, like, my forehead just, like, kind of, like, going through. You're like, like the little something. chihuahua, like, Manny's gonna drop you off the balcony, and you're just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm staying in. I'm not even leaving the house at that point. <laughs> I hate the uh, at least last year. We had some beautiful snowy days. I didn't go snowboarding more. But, yeah, still, that's the only thing that makes it enjoyable. How, like, how do you, like, do you, like, plan your posts in advance? Like, is there a certain, like, quota of, like, posts and stuff that you have to, like, meet each week? And, like, how how do you go about it? Because, like, Taylor and I try to run, you know, the social media for Drift Kitchen. And, obviously, we're kind of, like, a smaller company. How do you do it for a big company like that? It is, it's a lot of planning and having content. You have to make sure that people are providing you with content or you have content to post. The collaboration um, aspect that she just like is, is, is key. Like if you have communi- if you have communication with other people who are in your industry, if you know that there are media people, you need to communicate with them and get it on a Google Drive. What's one of the best ways that you can do is send them a Google like a Google Drive link and say, if you have any photos from this event, please drop them here. Um, and then be able to collaborate from that point forward because it is like you're operating from an island and if you're operating from an island you don't have you have limited resources so you have to call into other people for sure mm-hmm. um absolutely yeah having we do we do about uh four to seven or four to eight depending on you know the day um posts for facebook a day and that does seem like a lot but there is so it's a it's a pretty large audience and so four, I would say four to eight posts a day on our Facebook. Um, and four would be low. Four would be like you have four scheduled out because there's going to be some live streaming happening later in the day. You know, like you don't really ever just leave it as that. Um, and then Instagram, I don't run that page yet. But as far as what I've seen, like, yeah, like stay consistent with it. Make sure that you can use um, an external scheduler, not just so that you have it scheduled, but so that you can visually see what your week looks like from an activity perspective. Um, and then what I'm learning because I've taken on the company's TikTok account. So when I came on, they started a TikTok account and they didn't have anybody to fully commit themselves to it. So they said, you know, Cerise, that's going to be you. And it's been a very um, uh, exciting, fun, but also overwhelming experience. Just thinking about how it's, you know, it's, it's all you. It's all it's trial and error and figuring out what works and what doesn't it can be very humbling because it's it's, it's your idea and oh okay that flopped okay well well let's just go on to the next one let's not take it personally let's just see what else we can do so consistency is key and I think as individuals we often think from our own personal perspective like I'm inundating these people it's too much like they don't want to see this stuff and I think what I've come down to is the acceptance that okay so this one post 
didn't get as many likes as I wanted, but the next post did. So it still is, and it's activating the community. It's it's keeping top of mind. The people that want to see your posts will naturally come to your account and will naturally come to you to become a part of your audience. Um, but it's just been, it's been humbling for sure. Like it is, because it's, it's all you and you're just putting yourself out there. And um, even when you hide behind a company name, like you still kind of take shit personally, like not going to lie. Like you're just like, fuck, okay, all right. Things are trending downward right now. I thought I was doing the right thing. What do I do? Now you get back on that horse and try something new. Your TikToks crack me up, especially the one where it was in your car and your eyes came through like the temperature gauge. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind me. That just one mentioned. had me dying. That's still that that video is still trending. That video is from back in I don't know April or something like that, and it's like still trending in TikTok analytics and. It is. It's a good feeling for sure. But then, you know, you have your good days and your bad days. So I think that I think that's what social media is, is take all the wins you can get because you're not going to always get them. And I don't think it's you necessarily. I think it's more so the algorithm. I get so I actually do get like personally offended when I have a reel that I'm like, this one's going to be popping and it ain't popping. TikTok too, like they don't like drifting. I mean, I heard they started to change their guidelines now with drifting but they we were shadow banned i mean our drift kitchen account has been shadow banned like no one really sees our shit yeah they consider it like a dangerous act and they don't want to promote that but like if you look at all the other toxic bullshit they have on there people drifting is the least of their problem if you can actually in your caption put like like tiktok shut the fuck up this was done on a closed course like if you can put in your caption like Say what you need to say, and then in parentheses say, done on a closed course, don't try this at home. Mm -hmm. There are text character limitations, but if you can do that, most videos will get put and promote, put on and promote on the For You page. So um, if there are any disclaimers that you feel could be flagged, even though this is a part of our world and this is very normal for us, um, put those disclaimers in the, in the caption because it will be able, it will be picked up by the algorithm and say, okay, okay, this is, this is legal. Do you think... Like TikTok is like the like up and coming platform for you know automotive companies, or do you think it's still mostly like Facebook, Instagram? So I don't know if TikTok is necessarily the up and coming platform, but I do know that video is the up and coming platform. If you are not doing things in video format, you're behind. So if you want to um, either use Facebook. Uh, Facebook Live, I would say, or videos are fine. Um, but if you're on Instagram, regular posts and reels are going to be your bread and butter. Um, it's been a great test environment. So as Jess mentioned earlier in the podcast, this uh, this company that we work for, FCP Euro, they have three Instagram accounts. Um, so we have a coworker named JR, and he has been the number one guy. He has spearheaded like the social media platforms that we have. He's done an absolutely phenomenal job. Um, and I'm kind of in his shadow, just learning everything I can. He's handed me the reins to our LRG Instagram. This is the, one of the smallest Instagram accounts that we have, but it's a great test environment. So for instance, we have about 78, 79, I should know this, I think we just reached 79K uh, followers on Instagram, which is fantastic. Our LRG Instagram has about just over 3,000. But the reels that I post on there get over 10,000, 11,000 views. So it just is a test environment. is it's it, it's a good uh, way to see like okay you have a small audience but this video is still reaching a broader um, population. So reels are great, and then um, any kind of video shortcuts, quick, quick cuts like you know or one long one. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It's either like 
one long, very candid, I'm just talking to the camera, or quick, 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 quick. I don't know yet, but. Another thing to keep in mind, I know you had mentioned, you said something, you know, like, how do we handle it being a big company versus you guys who are a relatively small business? Even as a big company, until we, because of the pandemic, I got put in social media, and then we hired Cerise, JR was doing it alone. It was just one guy doing all of our Facebook stuff, all of our Instagram stuff, plus helping with events and things like that. Um, he does a lot of our lives. He's like the face of FCP Euro, and he now has Cerise with him. Like, it was one person. And then when he took, when I ended up with him, I was doing all the Facebook posts, which, like she said, at the time was eight posts a day, seven days a week. And that took up a lot of my time. And then it's not only the posting, but it's managing the comments and all the responses. So you've now put eight posts out into the world and people are engaging with them. They're either mm -hmm. liking, they're commenting, they're sharing, they're tagging people. And now you have to watch them. So not to, it's, it's, I don't want, I, I, what I think, I think I want people to understand is that social media seems like one of these things that we do for fun, but it's actually such an integral part of our business now, of our platform, of our brand name, the influence that we have in the communities that we share. Um, it's extremely time consuming. So if you can imagine working with the public now broaden that population to, in our case, global, um, we have actually on TikTok, we have a large following in Canada. Um, and then we also have a larger following all, all across the UK. And it's, it's, it's incredible to see the reach that you can have. Um, but it's overwhelming. So, so work within your means, I guess, but also push yourself to, to see the audiences that you wouldn't relatively see on a day-to-day -day basis. That's essentially where I was going is basically like, it's a full-time job. So don't like, don't get too caught up in your Instagram for the Drift Kitchen. It'd be, it's great to reach the audiences that you want to, and it's great to, like, build a brand, because obviously that's what you guys want to do other than the events. But, like, it's absolutely a full-time job for any business. So, I mean, for the two of you having your own regular day-to-day -day lives, like, it, it would be like run an Instagram in the way that a business does. Unless you basically hired somebody to do it, like, forever. Yeah. I hope one day we can. <laughs> Me too. You guys are growing actually very rapidly. So. Damn. Dog's choking. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I give you guys a ton of credit. It's like, A, so it's very nerve-wracking to put yourself out there. B, the algorithm is really intimidating, especially on TikTok. Um, but what I've learned with TikTok is the more consistently you can push it out, the better. So let's just say like... <clears throat> After this Drift Kitchen event, maybe you don't have a full edit to, to uh, publish, but you have some really funny, like, seven-second interviews with Martha that's just like, yeah, my exhaust fell off, and then it just got fucking left out there, and then you zoom into the exhaust out there, like, that could be a TikTok. So it's, it, it is, for me, it's been, a, it's been a new perspective of, okay, what's an opportunity here? What could be a video? What could be something? And maybe they're not all winners, but... I guess I'm thankful to have a community and same thing with you guys where like, they're all right with me testing the waters. It's okay to figure it out. Just don't fuck it up too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just don't stop being yourselves. JR, that's one of the first things JR ever told me about when he took over our social media is it had been very businessy and he started just posting like a person would instead of like a robot or a company. And he got a lot more engagement that way. So just don't ever stop being like just, yourselves and people that and then at those events, talk to everybody who's in media ask them you know I, I think 
I forget who's doing this now, but as part of their media, they're like, if you're going to come and use the media pass, you have to put up an album. Whether you just want to share the links or share the photos to Facebook, like, you have to share them with the drivers. Like, you can't just come with a media pass, be there I'm for free sure. all day, and, and not, you know, like, share with anybody. Like, it's not, you know, it's not free content just for you, like the drivers want it too. So, talk to your media people. See if you can get those pieces of content. And then you can write your own captions for them or say, like, the guys who drive the drones at Drift Kitchen are super, like, at I'm sorry, at Club Loose generally are very nice guys. Like, if they can send you any of those clips or, like, even talk to the girls. I know a lot of them bought the clips that he had, you know, that he had, and you can use those, things like that. But, like, having that bank of content is super important. That's one of the things I ran into with Facebook constantly is not having something fresh to post, especially when you're posting that much. Uh, when you're posting on a smaller scale, like for Instagram, say it's one or two posts a day, or even like one post a day or once every other day, but like it's consistent, you still need something and you don't want to be going through your archives, like trying to find something that's relevant and fun and fresh and like dynamic to look at. I think a good term to bring in, I, I'm, I'm hearing you talk makes me think about the term evergreen content, which yeah. I know Jess is familiar with. Um, and that was, that was a little bit um, groundbreaking for me because I always felt before coming into this role that social media content needed to be relevant and needed to be timely. There is such a thing as evergreen content. So a, a, a clip of somebody dry, it doesn't matter if it's at evergreen and you had that event eight months ago. It doesn't matter if it's at the club loose and it happened, you know, last year, like if it's relevant, if it's a drifting video, if it could be considered evergreen, just post it. And you don't need to make, you don't necessarily need to make a, 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 a caption that says, you know, like this weekend we were at evergreen you can just be like check out martha ripping at evergreen mm-hmm. you know so evergreen content has been very beneficial especially for those times when you're like i don't know when to post so if you start collecting content from your media personnel or the two of you or you know whoever has a folder that you can collect from it might be beneficial to create a subfolder called evergreen where it's like this can be this can be posted whenever it doesn't need to be in relation to an event that we just had or an event that's coming up that is going to help keep you on the map. It's going to help keep you relevant and um, just keep things fun. Or if you want to throw a throwback, a throwback Thursday out there, you can, but you don't have to be bound to those constructs that, you know, social media made for us. So it's, it's been very liberating. Yeah, I got to apply some of that to my personal social media as well. <laughs> totally. Yo, you got a picture that you liked from six months ago. What's that shit? <laughs> I post whatever I'm doing. Like when I was painting my fucking roll bar, posted that shit. If I'm gonna do my clutch, I'm posting that shit. I just did my fuel pump, I'm posting that shit. I don't know. I think it's cool. And if you use the right hashtags, you'll find other people that think it's cool. I have found that a lot of my views come from hashtags. People love to force, they really do. So that's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> but yeah, I literally just like post post everything even if i have to fucking set the camera up on a timer and like sort of take the picture myself and like like pose it but not really pose it like set it up go to do what i'm gonna do and then let it take the picture like fuck it if you have to do that if you don't have an instagram boyfriend it's okay i'm an instagram girlfriend for sure but i'm not i don't have an instagram boyfriend (laughs) Okay, wait, Matt has been stepping his game up. He was flaunting you after Nedco, and I was here for it. Carding my girlfriend Facebook around like a queen. I was like, yes, Matt. We love it. We love to see it. I, I enjoy the flaunting, but he ain't take those pictures. 
Sarah took those pictures. So shout out Sarah. <laughs> Sarah Mantis is a queen. We love her. She is. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we posted it. Jesus Christ. Some guy. <laughs> I've seen Orion's Instagram. I don't know who you are, but. Sarisi? <laughs> you, you see? No, you don't. No. <laughs> I'm a story girlfriend. I go on his story, apparently. Not like I own a house with you. <laughs> it's all right. I went through my personal one. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you have to really scroll back to see a picture of me and Manny together. This I is. I did not know y'all were married for like a very long time. So many people don't. <laughs> people don't even know this as a girlfriend. All right. <laughs> we like yeah. we like to kind of keep our like relationship and personal life kind of like separate. I don't know. We're just kind of private people, despite what you might think from seeing it on the internet. You know. Hmm. And to each their own. That may be the only problem with the two of us working together is that we're both Sagittarius's because it's a lot of energy for everyone around us to deal with. <laughs> go find less. <laughs> go find less. If we're too much, go find less. Go find less. That's a fact. That, that I'm, I love that trend that's been going around. If I'm too much, you can go and find less. Oh, absolutely. There is less out there. Not here. <laughs> You're getting the super deluxe special with me, baby, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if you're hungry for all that. <laughs> Make room, have you snacked? Because if you've been snacking, you're not ready for this. Sarisa, a whole meal. <laughs> ah, it's a whole meal over here, baby. I'm that China Star Buffet. <laughs> it might not make you feel good every time, but most of the time. <laughs> Jess was my number one filter like I was like Jess I don't want to say this right now but I feel like I have to she's like you do have to you that's what you have to say you have to do that <laughs> like okay I'll say that but I everything in my body says tell him to fuck off <laughs> um, yeah you you learn really nice ways to tell people to kick rocks I'm super good at it it's a nice way to say that <laughs> Like, we had a guy the other day that told me, I'm sure you've never built a motor. And I was like, oh, you're right. But I've done this, this, and this, and I have the same car as you. And I skipped building that motor to go with a newer motor because there's way more part support. So you're stupid, not me. Kick rocks! <laughs> <laughs> that should be our opening, is Suri saying kick rocks. I like that. <laughs> I really do like that. Got you guys. I should like amplify it too, just so it really scares the shit out of people immediately. <laughs> you want to say it louder? Yeah, if you want to. Kick rocks! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now. Got good that was good. Hey, guys. I want to take a minute to introduce you to our podcast sponsor, Swivel Mount. Swivel Mount is a camera mount that swivels. It's made specifically for drifting. Why waste time bothering track workers to set up your GoPro mount? You can have one you don't have to worry about. You can place it on or off any car in seconds, making it easy to get great footage. Swivel Mount uses magnets to stay on your vehicle. Your GoPro won't fall off into the guy or girl tandeming behind you. I know for me personally, I like seeing how I progress over the events. Getting a chance to see the Swivel Mount footage is a way to study all of my runs. 
Swivel mount helps capture sick footage, and you can get a custom colored flag to match your whole aesthetic. Go to www.theswivelmount.com and use code DK10 to get 10% off anything on their website. I should probably do my Whitmore Weekly Wisdom, huh? Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, my Whitmore Weekly Wisdom this week is to not hold your expectations to unrealistic standards. That can take away from how great things really are. See you guys next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. Did you keep any of your baby teeth, Kim? Um, no, I think my mom did. That was a... That came up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still have my fingertip. Thank you guys again for tuning in and listening to us ramble. Definitely check out the next episode. Appreciate all your support. Don't forget to follow Drift Kitchen on Instagram and to check out their big cartel site and pick up some merch. Thanks again, guys.